Welcome to Talk About the D, the DCOM podcast where we watch all DCOMs and see what they're about, or in my case, watch them for the first time and see if they're any good. I'm Emily Keane, and as always, I have my co-host Lizzie Gurman here. Hi, Lizzie. Hey, Emily. What's up? Not much. Not much. We're riding solo this time. Mm-hmm. If by solo you mean side, like, like one of us is in the motorcycle and one of us is in the sidecar. Yes. Which, which one is in the sidecar? The, I don't know. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think we're both in the sidecar and no one's actually driving the motorcycle. We're, we're dangerously close to just veering off the road. At, point, <laughs> at any given moment, yes, we could, <laughs> we're right there on the side. Yep. Oh, we're, we're going back to the theatrical releases this week. We sure are. We sure with, are. With a movie that does not feel like a rea- theatrical release whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing Blank Check. Blank Check! I am so excited to talk about this movie. I really am. Well, why don't you give us a little rundown about what, what it's about? Sure thing. Um, Blank Check is a movie about a kid named Preston who um, is fed up with his miserable little life. <laughs> and he um, writes uh, he writes himself a blank check for a million dollars. Um, and it's the reason he has a blank check is because um, Miguel Ferrar uh in this movie whose name is mr quigley mr is quigley of course has escaped from jail and um is a really bad guy but he uh almost runs over preston and his car and he writes he's gonna write him a check to pay for his bike but the cops pull up and he's afraid of he can't get caught so he just writes the check doesn't fill it out and Preston, um, knowing, being, I guess, computer literate, knowing how to use a word processor at any rate, um, writes himself a check for $1 million. And then this creates a snowball effect of, um, I mean, obviously the shenanigans of uh, what would a 11-year-old do with a $1 million in 1991 money? Um, 1990. I think it's 93. The movie came okay. out in 94, but he You're writes right, 93 on the check, on the I check. think. Yes, I'm glad you saw that. Yes, that's exactly right. Um, so in 1993, money. Um, and uh, of course, it doesn't really buy him happiness. Um, and he, uh, though it does almost get him um, a girlfriend, which is very <laughs> oh, uncomfortable God. because it's a 32-year-old woman named Shay. And then he's got to be, well, the actor, I think, was about 12. Yes, yes. So, so the, obviously, it's not really an age gap difference as much as it is a, like, minor, a as child. As much as it's and a statutory adult. rape issue. Yes, like. <laughs> some kind of crime was definitely committed, <laughs> if not multiple crimes. And, uh, yeah, at the end, Miguel Ferrer, the bad guy, gets pinned with all of the um, uh, all of the crimes that Preston actually committed. And Preston just gets to go home and have a birthday party with his family. Yeah. It was, yeah. It was a, a wild ride. And by a wild ride, I mean, I spent most of the movie going, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so the reason I wanted to do this movie, uh, even though I had not seen it uh, and he had not seen it, is because famously this was written by Blake Snyder of Save the Cat fame. And Blake yes. Snyder made basically his whole... Blake Snyder has two credits to his name, and they are this movie and Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. Wow. Um, so that gives and you And he a, has written one of the, like, biggest I would say the number books. one. Next yeah, to, like, Sid like, Field's book, I would say this is the number one. Like, yeah, pretty much that. every screenwriter has this book on their mm-hmm. shelf. Yeah, yeah. I did so, not know he had only written two movies and both of them were terrible. Both of them were <laughs> so bad. It's baffling. It's truly baffling. Um, they're not even like mediocre. Like this one's like mediocre, but also like. I haven't seen Stop of My Mom. Stop of My Mom will shoot is supposed to be pretty, pretty it, bad. Yeah, it looks pretty horrible. It has like an 11% or whatever. And Sylvester Stallone. This one has a, nine. This one has nine, yeah. So they're an equal company. <laughs> Um, he famously said in an interview that, I'm going to paraphrase it, that Stopper My Mom Will Shoot is the worst movie in the known, in the, no, in the universe, and that includes movies written by extraterrestrials that we don't even know about yet. Wow. <laughs> or, like, or like he said, and that includes movies written by flatworms or something like that. It was so, so insulting, obviously, toward the movie. And he was in it, obviously. So that's, he and Estelle Getty are in it together. So um, uh, anyway, so that's Blake Snyder. And so I just felt like we had to do this movie. And I was just thinking this morning how interesting it is that we've watched many DCOMs that aren't very good. And we've watched several theatrical releases now. And all of our theatrical releases have been good. I'm pretty sure. We haven't watched, like, a real stinker. For the most part, they've been pretty solid. Like, like maybe had some issues, but, yeah, like, still enjoyable. I wouldn't say bad, necessarily. Yeah, Um, exactly. Although we haven't really picked any of the ones that we know to probably be bad, but... That's true. That's true. This is our very first... This is our first foray into, like, what I would call, like, a how-did-this-get-made territory, which is that we're looking at a very well-funded theatrical... um, theatrically studio release that just completely missed the mark like was somehow somehow was still uh, made um and produced even though it just should not have been i I mean honestly multiple times watching this movie i kept having to remind myself that this actually came out in theaters and wasn't a tv movie Mm -hmm. because it you could have told me this was one of the DCOMs and I would have 100% believed you. Like, there's nothing in this that would suggest that, oh, yeah, like, this is a, an actual movie that, like, had a release and a budget and box office and stuff. Like, that is correct, unfortunately. Yeah. That's... Yeah. I, I'm not sure if this movie was released in Australia. I mm. did see that in the UK it was released as blank check where the check is spelled C H E Q U E which is probably how it would have been released in Australia because that's also how we spell check. Right. Right. Um, but I don't I mean I hadn't seen it and not really heard of it so I don't think it was released if it was it probably went straight to video. Okay. Got um, it. Um yeah. Yeah, I I mean I could see that. I don't I I don't I don't know enough to like know that this would have done well or poorly in um 
you know, in Australia. But um, that makes sense. I mean, I barely knew about this movie and it was released. I was like two. Um, And so this was before my time of like being a a movie watcher. But it's not like it didn't have it didn't have any staying power. Like it's not like the Lion yes. King, which is something you see regardless of when you were four. Or and... like once you were old enough to go to like the video store, you yeah. weren't you didn't pick this one up and take it home, like Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. I think we should uh, we can start from the beginning and we should, but like I really want to talk about why this doesn't work and there's I don't a know that we of... do need to start from the beginning because okay, the good. rundown that you gave, like there, there really isn't a lot of story here. It's, it's pretty true. much mm-hmm. his his family are obsessed with like business and having a <laughs> job and saving your money, even though we, he's twelve. Do we know that his dad is like in and in. I don't know what he does for a living, but he's definitely involved in investments, and we know that because he has a um, what's it called that they make the joke about how they can't say it a portfolio it's not a portfolio it's a oh Greek. do you remember like no i think i missed that okay at the dinner table <laughs> we have so much to talk about but at the dinner table <laughs> preston has his suit on and he's like i'm 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 busy this evening mr mcintosh this this man that preston invents mr mcintosh as this yes. person he's working for which doesn't make any sense because he's 12 but it doesn't matter no. so he's working for mr mcintosh <laughs> and mr mcintosh is going on a date that evening and um anyway but they're at their dinner table and uh preston's like dad i could show mr mcintosh your the thing that you've been working on and so they give he gives him the like that spiral bound thing, and it's not a portfolio. It's a uh, it's a uh, uh, when you when you make an invest, it's like a it's like a thing to like potentially invest in. I don't fucking know what it is, but anyway. Um. So at at that moment, you realize that like the dad is interested in like stocks and bonds and investing. Right. And I feel like until then, all we know is that the dad is like preoccupied with getting his children to be me- industrious. And... Well, the very beginning of the movie is mm-hmm. Preston's two older brothers like taking over his bedroom because they need space for their business. Yes. Which it sounds like their business is like, I don't know, cutting grass or something, like something really basic. Bro, or... it's called Hand and Foot. And hand I and foot. So, so what are they like, handyman? Or like I they... don't know, or, Keen. Or gardeners. I, I don't it's... think it's ever. Judging by the brothers, <sighs> I'm guessing it's some sort of manual labor that they're charging for. And I'm like, why do they need multiple desks and computers? <laughs> also, why does this? Why does Preston have an enormous bedroom that already seems to have like three desks in it? He like, does. He has like the master bedroom <laughs> in the house. Yeah, it's like he's got a little single bed in the corner, and then the rest of the room is like this. This yeah, it's the master bedroom with an entire business setup. Like, what is happening? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, but yeah. So, yeah. They're and he's like, well, if you, well, they need this. They need the space for their for their business, which is very funny to think about. And um, it's weird I, though that they they're just moving their stuff into his room. Like totally. they still have their own rooms. And I'm like, 
If this is really what you thought they needed, why wouldn't you move Preston into one of the other bedrooms? Right, just swap and move yeah. one of the one of the brothers in here. Of course, like- of course, yeah. It says. I mean, so so <laughs> Preston is so like comedically put upon as a child. It kind of like skedaddles past like our normal, the normal Disney thing of the parents being like too hard on the kids and you understand that you're watching a movie that's being told from a child's perspective where it's yeah like, yes obviously parents you sometimes parents are that shitty often they're not but like I could I could see a dad being that hard and this this movie completely in my opinion like I said skedaddles past that and goes straight into insanity um as I think far it's because as- it seems like it's not that the dad is instilling a work ethic He's instilling that the kid needs money. Right. Like, and so, well said. so yeah. Preston is obsessed with getting money and having money and mm-hmm. not like, there's no learning of, oh, well, if I, you know, go and cut some grass somewhere, then I'll get, I don't know, $10 or whatever it would have been. And then mm-hmm. I can go buy things. It's all that he gets is I want money. My parents won't give it to me. Uh, but then my grandma. So oh, so the so the the catalyst for the whole movie is that he gets a check from his grandmother that where she didn't fill in the amount. Yes. And his dad's like, oh well, she would have just meant this, and so he writes him what it is because. Preston is like, oh, I could put whatever, like, oh, put like a thousand dollars, and that is when, when he inexplicably gets hit by Miguel Ferrer's car. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> he just gives him a blank check, and then he writes in a million dollars, and the bank gives it to him. Here's the thing, though: they keep <laughs> like going after this kid the whole movie. I don't think he's actually done anything illegal, though. I don't think he has either. Yeah. yeah like, yeah. they're like, you can't, that's my money. And it's like, you gave him a blank check with your signature. Like, he is within his rights to fill out whatever number. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as you have that money in your account. Like, yep, you which- gave it to him. And there's a witness to that, his stupid cousin. Like, <laughs> Butch, of course, is Butch. Butch. Uh, yes, you're right. Uh, and uh, Miguel Frere wants it back just because he's like an ex-con and he's um just a bad guy. Uh, basically, yeah. Like, he's- well, the reason the reason the banker gives him the money is because he- the banker is in with Miguel Ferrer and they need to like launder some money, so he. The yes. banker guy knows that someone is coming to cash a million dollar check to get clean money to go and like launder that or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. the banker thinks that this child is, <laughs> yeah, is the man that Quigley has sent it's, to collect this money. I don't. I wish that I hated that more, but it was so stupid that I enjoyed it. <laughs> Because it's like so, yeah. So so Miguel Ferrer comes into Beater Beaterberg or whatever. Who's Beaterman? Like, Beaterman, who's a fa- a famous character actor. Um, and he's like, I'm gonna send a guy in 24. Let's call it 24 hours, and he's gonna and they, whatever the fucking instructions were. 
And his and name's so, going to be Juice. Juice. And so, and so, um, of course, Preston chooses that time to come to the bank with his check for $1 million. And um, they, the teller takes him straight to Mr. Biederman. And Biederman is like, you know, trying to suss out if this is the, the contact. And um, uh, he's like, la- he laughs hysterically because he's like, of course, this is the guy that Quigley sends. Like, of course, it's a child. And so he gives, without question, he gives, uh, gives him all the money. And uh, of course, Preston then passes the real juice in the, in the hallway who's coming yes. to collect. Mm-hmm. Now, now that I'm thinking about it, and this knowledge I have is purely from movies and TV, so it may be completely incorrect, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure if you want to cash or take out from the bank more than like $10,000, they have to flag you to the IRS or something? Um, I figured that there was something... Um, that was missing out of this because I don't think there's any world in which you can give a minor. In- I don't think there's any world in which you can give a minor any money, any let alone amount of that money. much money, especially when he doesn't have an account. He at doesn't your have bank. an account. Very, very, very importantly, <laughs> he doesn't have an account, which I'm pretty sure, yeah, you can't like take out. I mean, can you take out money out of a bank where you don't have an account? Am I being stupid? I don't think you can, um, right? You no, could use an ATM. You could use an ATM, but. I don't know, you could, if you could cat, uh, yeah, it's, I guess, because it's probably a check for that bank, right? And he mm. put it to cash, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. to his name. Um, okay, yeah. But again, yes, a bank seeing a check for a million dollars out made out to cash. Yeah. That would be a massive red flag. Mm-hmm. Presented like, to you by... A twelve-year-old boy, yes, who has this big. I'm like, oh, that kid has a bomb. Like that kid's wired for a bomb. Yeah, and that's that's the other thing. That's the other thing. So they give him, he gives him a million dollars in cash, and he stuffs it into his backpack and walks away. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure you would have a. It would be extremely heavy that bag. Like from what I've learned from true crime documentaries about like various heists. (laughs) <laughs> money is actually quite heavy mm-hmm. when you have a lot of it. Yeah. Like, yeah. And a I million think... dollars is a lot of money like, yes. in cash. Yes, incre- in, in incredible amount of money. Um, I do think it wouldn't fit in a backpack. And yeah, he'd be like barely. I mean, he's like, yeah. there's this really funny part where he's like, he gets, he realizes he's gotten away with it. And he's like running and jumping. And it's like last way too long. Yeah. But I was yeah. thinking like, sure. Like <laughs> they've, they've stuffed, they had his backpack stuffed in that like props department stuffed it so that it looks like it's full, but it looks like it's full of rags or something. Yeah, it's, it's, it's obviously not... not weighted. I mean, I feel like the bank wouldn't just hand you the bill. Like, surely, if they're giving you a million dollars in cash, surely the bank is giving you something with that, you know, like a case or something. Yes, I think you're right. I think you're right or, about or that. Like I... a, or like their own kind of money, like secure bag kind yeah. of Yeah, maybe, like... ha- maybe it's because he's the contact, so... I think you're you're thinking. That's all I can think. But... Is all of these all of these flags that we've put up, he's bypassed all of them because Biederman thinks that he's this contact. So maybe this isn't actually a legitimate transaction at all, and they've not, like you know, they it's not going to get flagged because 
the IRS isn't going to know that this has happened. Like, right, right. I think, I think that's part, I think that like, that's part of it. But then I will say that there's a massive like amount of suspension of disbelief because for the rest of the movie, because um, every grown up in this world takes orders from a 12 year old who says yes. he's working for a multimillionaire and yes, who, who without plays question, himself who off was, as like the personal assistant yes. of, of what, like a, like a Jeff Bezos type, basically. Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, and and no, uh, yes, and nobody questions it. They're just like, not, oh, not he his... works for Macintosh. Right. <laughs> Right. And it's so, I mean, it's obviously, it like struck me, you know, before I had watched the whole movie at the very beginning, the fact that the dad's like, well, when you make your own money, you'll be able to have your own space. And it's like, well, he's 12. Was it, were 12 year olds working back then? Like, I'm, I don't understand. Are you suggesting he, I don't know what you're suggesting he do. I know, and then it is the f- absolutely baffling. The par- I mean, the parents honestly seem to not give a shit about their son whatsoever. They're, because they're very, the- very mean, too. Like, way yeah, over like, the uh, top. After he got hit by the car. Yes, and, exactly. And he comes home. His parents are all like, well, you broke your bike. Like, why should we buy you a new one if you're just not going to have any dis- any regard for this bike? And it's like, your son was hit by a fucking car. Like you, yeah. you don't. I would not care if his bike is broken. I'd be like, yeah. "Are you okay? Who yeah, did this?" Like, absolutely. I, like, we don't see the. We actually don't see what he tells them. But I would imagine he told them, "I got hit by me and my bike got hit by a car." Because in my my memory is that the first that when we come in on that scene, he's had to walk his bike home, and he's like yeah. kind of busted up. He's he gets hit, but he we don't see him like. He doesn't have any injuries that that we can see. His his clothes are messed up and his bike gets run over. But he's on the ground with the bike when Miguel Ferrer like backs up. So yeah. anyway, when we just just like full like to paint the picture of like it's not like he has like a gaping head wound that the parents are ignoring. No, he seems fine, but his bike but, and most and mostly the front wheel of his bike is completely bent. Yes, it's totally bent, but it doesn't really matter because I I mean to be honest, if your kid did get hit by a car, you're like, "Well, we still have to go to I would still take them to the hospital because they could have a concussion, like they could have a million in, internal yes. in, like internal injuries they don't even they're not even aware of. So the parents are not worried about any of that and they're exclusively I mean, it worried is about possible the, that the parent that he didn't tell his parents that he got hit right. by a car. Right. Maybe because he got the check. I mean, we don't really know oh, what he said to them. Oh, that's a good point. That's but a do good you point. Think, yeah, did he not tell them because he's already got this check and he knows if he says he's been hit by a car, they're going to be like, well, I want to contact this person. Yeah, totally. And then that and then, would maybe then, give up the game. Like, yes. I think it's totally, you know what, Keen? I don't, it's totally unclear. We come in and they say, the first thing they say is you have to take better care of your possessions, like, or else you're not going to get any more special. Oh, they yes. say you have to take care of your valuables. And he says, valuables. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like, it's a, this bike was a piece of crap. <laughs> That's right. So, and then they're like, well, we're not going to get you a new one then. Like, yeah. For your birthday coming up. Like, it doesn't seem like you should. And yeah, that was what, that was re- like really what tipped the tables for me. And obviously it tips the tables for yeah. for him as well as a character but i mean it, the whole the, the, the whole like first 30 minutes of this movie is just the parents making decisions where you're like what is happening 
Like, we have, yeah, his brothers are going to use most of his bedroom for their own business rather than just moving him into one of their bedrooms and, like, swapping them. Um, Mm -hmm. He he Mm -hmm. has to go to his cousin Butch's birthday party, which is at, like, a Six Flags. Right. And they seem to give him no money to be able to do anything at the theme park because it's all Mm -hmm. run on, like, tokens. And he has, I guess only enough tokens to go on like the carousel and like kind of a Dumbo ride or something. Right. <laughs> While everyone right. else is on all the fun rides. Yeah. And, and then, yeah, this, they're like, we're not, you know, he's like, can I have some money so I could do things? And they're like, no, you have to work for your money. <laughs> like, yeah. You 12 yeah. year old. Like, you and tw- then, you stupid oh, kid. If you're, if you're just going to fuck up your bike, like we don't even give a shit. We won't get you another bike. Like, I'm just mm-hmm. like, what? No wonder this mm-hmm. kid is so messed up in his opinions of money. Like, <laughs> just like you're forcing him to go to his cousin's birthday party when he clearly hates his cousin and his cousin is awful to him mm-hmm. and mostly making fun of him for not having any money. And it's mm-hmm. like, why would you make him go but then not give him anything so that he can actually join in? Like, Yeah, it's... um. It's uh, the fact that the, yeah, I mean, again, it's like this, this is a movie that's like from a child's perspective, but I think that you get like a couple, let's say tokens you get as a, as a screenwriter, you get like a couple tokens of that. I think that Keen, I'll say that the other thing is that I was like getting whiplash back and forth between trying to decide if this was a children's movie or not. Um, Mm. A lot of the jokes, they're like jokes about like, it'll teach you how to do everything except make love to a woman. Like that's not a children's movie joke. Oh, and then, I mean, the, this 12-year-old is trying to fuck a 32-year-old the entire movie and getting dating advice from everyone as well. Like, Yeah, it's, it's the whole, Preston's <laughs> arc is like, every time there'd be a lapse in Preston, like, ma- making money, it would turn, I would kind of groan because it would then turn to him trying to get Shay, the, the 30-year-old woman, and I yes. was like... This is in this is insane. So yeah, there's a very another good reason why it's like, is this a kids movie? Um, it's I, I think that is one of the main reasons why this movie fails is because it's neither for adults nor nor children. Well, it's yeah, because for kids, nobody. Like, if I was watching this as a kid, like say I was twelve and I was watching this, I feel like. I wouldn't understand why he kept trying to date the adult woman. Like there, there is the the whole movie actually. Like mm-hmm. at at the very end, he does have a moment of pretty much being like, "Oh, but well, but I don't have any friends, and so money can't buy happiness." Which, like, mm-hmm. I get. I knew that that's sort of where it was going, but there's no indication of like who could be a friend. There's no, like, girl his age that he's trying Mm -hmm. to impress. There's no one he's trying to impress, really. Yeah, yeah, I know. Because he kind of doesn't talk about it even to his family all that much, so... Right, right. I was just thinking, so I really, I think that this movie was trying to be a home alone because Mm -hmm. it, it really is, like, very, very similar. It's like, what would a kid do if they were very, very smart, like, you know, smarter than your average kid and and alone but home alone but what Preston really needs in this movie is a friend who's not yeah 
his he was not the limousine driver the li- because the limousine driver his main even though they have fun together as kids that the, the his whole thing is like giving Preston like not his whole thing but I feel like that guy comes in to like give Preston like like advice about women which is something that you would talk about with your friend but it's so fucking weird because it's a 40 year old man or a 30 year old man yes and they what their pat they of course pass it off because Rick Ducommon always plays characters exactly like that so it's like well he doesn't know he's like he talks to Preston like he would his like drinking buddy and Preston and Preston is taking in all his advice as because he thinks that that guy's an expert so it's like a perfect like mismatch friendship um but it is just it unfortunately I I I I think that the um fun and some of the fun and games are indeed very fun but we get like two really long montages of what Preston does after he you know spending his money which is like where too, too he, defi- he definitely blew that million dollars <laughs> way earlier than the movie suggests. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I actually want to talk. I'm sorry. I've, I'm like jumping around so much. But yeah, my, go ahead. the thing that I really want to talk about is like basically after he gets the check, like to me, this is the most interesting, I guess, part of the movie, which is when he bids on the house. And then when he just him buying everything and you know, everything that happens, because yeah, if this is a super plot thin movie, super plot thin. Yeah. So I everything would say that a ha- solid, what, like 45 minutes is yeah. just him buying shit and people asking like, yep. who, who is this? And he's like, Mr. McIntosh is getting it. Like, that's it the whole time. And then yeah. ki- kind of the, the other guys are looking for him, but not really. They're doing a terrible job. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so it's, I, sh- so um, I'll say that Miguel Fer- Ferrar um, as Quigley and Biederman and Juice um, are like t- have teamed up to look all around the city for Preston. And meanwhile, Preston, I'm sorry, there's three montages where he like one where he yes. buys stuff at a mall and then two when he gets like things brought to the house where they're playing this, like in a yeah. giant wrestling ring or like in a VR thing or a racetrack or a big. Yeah, th- these are some of the things that this child purchases. He- his first purchase, so he has a million dollars. His first purchase is he pays $300,000 for this house. Yes. Which even for 1994 prices still seems pretty low. But anyway, Yeah, I know. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> can I tell you, can I tell so I just, before you keep going, of course, it's it's a castle type thing and it's called, did you, did you look it up by any chance? I don't want to step no, on I your- No, I didn't. Okay, let me tell you about it really fast. Let me tell you about it. It is the, it is the, are you kidding me? Oh, yeah, sorry. I thought I only had a couple notes. It's, it's the um, castle, the Lemberg um, castle in Austin. Um, And it now, Robert Rodriguez actually uh, owns it or lives in it now, the filmmaker. <laughs> it's wow. called it's called like 4115 whatever the street is or the Lemberg Castle. Guess how much it's worth? I just ballpark how much it's worth in 2021. Oh, money. many millions would be my guess. Five, five and a half million dollars. Yeah, there you go. So that was, I was absolutely, I was like, I'll just, I'll, I just want to say when they do this bidding, um, Miguel Ferrer loses his mind when it sells for 300. And I was like, 
that seems well and he was trying to buy it for like 160 yes like yes which was and were they saying that was they were saying that was really they're saying that was lowballing yes which like obviously but 300 sounds like was over the asking price so i know like they were thrilled with 300 and so i just i that was i'm glad you're bringing this up because i was so confused i was like wow is that like what is that true that 300,000 because because to be honest when he has a million dollars i was like okay like who cares it's a million you know this movie today it would be like he has 10 million dollars like what would a 12 year old do with 10 million dollars so well, let's see from the old inflation calculator how thank much you would a million dollars in 1993 be today it would be the equivalent of about one point eight, one point nine million million right. dollars. Okay. Okay. Granted, of course, the inflation calculator doesn't factor in like costs of things. So yeah, totally. That would that would probably still buy you more then than it than one point nine million would get you now. But yeah, yeah. And I just yeah, I just think that that house. There's no way even in 91 that it was going for three. Like they wrote that they wrote about that before they had the house and then they 300,000 yeah, like, is nothing. Well, one, one thing that was confusing was, yes, this movie was entirely shot in Texas and they go mm-hmm. to uh, like um, Six Flags, I think Fiesta, Texas, it's called. Yes. And go, and go on true. and go on like some of the, I, I guess, notable rides from that Six Flags park. But then right. the dad's car has Indiana plates. Does it? Good catch. Yeah, it did. And I'm just like, so this is meant to be set in Indiana? Why wouldn't you just yeah. make it Texas? Yeah. <laughs> huh. They're always it must desperate be set in to, to be Midwest in these Disney things, aren't they? Yeah. I do. You know what? I think you're exactly right. I think that it was like, well, it can't be Texas. Texas is the South. And so everyone would have uh, accents and and Midwestern America mm. will think that it's, I think that it's the the um, stigma of, of Texas being the South, where, whereas we... It is, but it also... It's just, I mean, it's just weird to go, A, to use a like famous house from Austin and then to go to a, th- a specific theme park that doesn't exist in Indiana. Like why? <laughs> yeah, I know it doesn't, you're good, good catch. It doesn't make go sense. I, theme park I usually catch all. plates and stuff, but I must have been too um, zoned out. Yeah, I, I, clocked, <laughs> I clocked that and I was like, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, so, um, so we got so out of his million, he spent three hundred thousand on this house. Which again, how was the deed for this house given to a twelve-year-old? Yep. Uh, you can't you can't just buy a we, house like it doesn't work like that. that. <laughs> yeah. It's not like you walk up to the house store and just put your money down. <laughs> and go, I'll buy this house. Like if you it. if you paid for all of it straight up in cash, that would also be like okay, um, interesting. Like, mm-hmm. Yep. But yeah, yep. but anyway, somehow they allow <sighs> him to move into this house. So he's mm-hmm. used 300,000 of his million. So he's got 700,000 yet left. Mm-hmm. Yes. He immediately mm-hmm. hires a limo driver who Granted, they do mention this is all within a 6-day period. So he right. buys the house 
moves into it like the same day, hires a limo driver who he uses for the whole week, pays mm-hmm. pretty much 24 hours a day to drive him around and like be his friend. Yeah. He goes he goes to yeah, he buys a bunch of clothes. He goes to like Toys R Us and buys like out the store basically. Mm-hmm. He goes mm-hmm. to the Sharper Image. It was this this movie was really a list of stores that no longer exist. Like, it really um, it really a graveyard of uh, previously very and popular. And then he moves into the house like the next day where there is like an entire Coke truck an entire truck of Sharper Image stuff, a different toy company dropping things off. He Mm -hmm. installs a water slide that is, like, built into the house. Somehow they do that in Mm -hmm. less than six days. Right, that Um, seems like it would take a couple weeks at a minimum. At least! What do we know? If not months. If not months, yeah. um, He gets some sort of, like, boxing ring, like, trampoline boxing ring. He, what else yep. does he get? He he gets like a ball you can roll around in that he like traps Miguel. Yeah, for he and... gets one of those like um, bungee things where it's it's like attached to the ground and you just strap in and it like yes. sort of throws you around kind of on thing. a trampoline on a trampoline. Yeah, right. Yeah, one of those. He gets yep. um, he gets an entire wall of TVs mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. include a camera system in the house that he that can like pop up on all of these TVs if somebody is trying to talk to him. Mhm. Mhm. Yep. What what else did we have? There was um, more stuff. He's got a VR thing. He's got a primitive He has like a VR thing. Um yep. I think you've covered I mean the he's got a go-kart track. Uh, yeah, that's right. He puts a go-kart track in the backyard. There's a pool, but I don't think we even use the Cool. I think the like pool I... was already there, though. Yes, right. The but he does he part. does have the water slide that goes into the pool. Right. Um, <laughs> right, he's built it, because of course it didn't come with a water slide. No, uh, he's built that in. Yeah. And then, yeah, so what are we thinking <laughs> out of all of that stuff? I mean, I'm. I guess I'm not. I'm not really going to know like 1993 prices or whatever. But I'm kind of feeling like he's dropped a couple hundred thousand on all that stuff. Right. Like, with yeah. labor, delivery, like, yeah, <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, we're not even th- talking about, like, installation fees, like, labor, yeah. yeah, all that stuff that goes with it. I, I didn't, I, after the house thing, I was like, okay, I obviously have no concept of how, how, how long or I'm not in how long, how, how, how much any of this would be, you know, I was like, okay, if you tell me it's less than a million dollars, I believe you or less than 700,000, you know? Yeah. I, I, I can maybe believe that. Yeah. Yeah. But then, yeah, then he decides to throw himself an enormous birthday party. Yeah. Where he Which hires ten thousand a- only ten thousand dollars. I don't know if you saw that in the in the uh, budget that he puts up on the screen, but it's like the last line item, and it was yeah, exactly then, but, ten thousand. But I thought the I thought the party planner was charging a hundred thousand. Oh, maybe it's at a hundred thousand, not ten thousand. And that was it that he can't yes. afford a hundred thousand because he's blown through. 
Yeah. Everything. I mean, money. of course, of course, of course he has. I love, I love that he's like, it's gone. It's like, yeah, dude, like, of course it's gone. What do you think? Like, that's what happens to money. It like, it's very easy to spend. Yeah. It's the, the concept of money in this movie is just strange. Like, very, and I, I guess it yeah. is that sort of kid concept because of course, Mm-hmm. Like when I was a kid, I thought a hundred dollars was like so much money. So a million dollars, it would be like, well, you could buy everything with a million dollars. Yeah, yeah, um, exactly. So like, I get that, but in reality, it's like you can actually spend a million dollars really quickly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's not, mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. when you're. I think it's the fact that he's hiring people. If you were just buying stuff. It would be harder to get there, but he is like hiring people to do stuff like left, right, and center. And that's <laughs> where your money goes. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, this party planner, his limo driver, like, he, they've, got, they've got bartenders, they've got all kinds of people here. It's almost like a child would have no concept of how much money it would take to do anything at all i mean that that does track but i feel like i at that age i would have no concept of like hiring someone to plan a party do you know what i mean like yes and then this party is full of adults again yes (laughs) who are these people (laughs) (laughs) it's very like sad when you see it because it's it is like man these are all grown-ups they're you know they're not they're like he doesn't at the end of the day he doesn't have any friends and like that is never addressed i don't think or am i wrong no and he never gets any friends all that happens is he leaves this after it's all been pegged on quigley and then goes home where his parents and his brothers like sing him happy birthday and have a cake for him and he's like oh i'm just glad to be here and it's like why your yeah. family has not shown a single inkling of giving a shit about you this entire movie mm-hmm. and now you're mm-hmm. like actually these are my people like where are his friends why doesn't this child have any friends we don't see anyone that he like goes to school with all we see is the stupid cousin like yeah I um I can't make I can't make it make sense. No. Uh, to be honest because there's totally room like okay, yes. If you want if you want the um moral of the story to be that he like needs to value his family who's not been his dad obviously like his dad gets a pretty nice redemptive thing where he's like even though it comes out of nowhere, it's like actually yeah, I do care about my son even though I have a a funny way of showing it his even, brother even though friends. even though it's like i'm only now trying to find the man that my son has been claiming all week to be working for <laughs> yeah. like exactly. a full adult millionaire he's been claiming <laughs> to work. i'm like actually you know what i guess i should meet this man yeah <laughs> and also he's not meeting him because he's like worried that a grown-up would hire a child he's meeting him because he wants to um um he wants to like follow up on his portfolio. Yeah, right. So and it's so... not even for the well-being of his son. It's... Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's totally. And then actually, at the end, he is like, "Well, I just want you to send Preston home early," and he's like getting choked up or something because it's his birthday and like. That's right. Yeah, the like we, we, you know, if he could come home early, we would love it for his birthday. Yeah, like. Sh- sure jan you know i just don't i don't buy it but there's no they didn't make any room 
for Preston to also realize that he wants and needs um, friends. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I, they, they kind of show that he's lonely when, like, the limo driver doesn't want to play with him anymore because he needs to go and, like, actually do something or he has Yeah, because plans. he's a grown-up and he, ha- he yes. has friends. And he's his just, he's there friends. because he's being paid to be there. Yeah. Like, right. Um, but, yeah, there's no... There's nothing, like, what we needed was, a, instead of the thing with the cousin, we needed, like, a scene at, the, at his school where it's, like, he wants to get in with the popular kids, but they're all rich, and he doesn't get in with them because they're, like, you know, you don't have any money or whatever, you don't have all the cool stuff. Mm-hmm, so then he mm-hmm. thinks that that's what he needs to be cool and to have friends. Right. Like, right. that's what you need. So then you have, like, oh, but his parents won't just give him money. They say, you know, you have to you have to work for money if you want it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And that's when he's like, oh, I'm just going to get some money, and then the kids will think I'm cool. Mm-hmm. And then the moral is you end up just feeling lonely. But, like, it should have been at the start that, like, the family is really loving, but they just don't have any money, and they're not going to give him any money. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that would have I tracked that. way better. Yeah. Instead, the f- instead we go really heavy in again. I think it's because it's like I really do think Blake Snyder like was trying to mimic uh, Home Alone and just like missed what fundamentally yes. makes Home Alone watchable. Yeah. Because it, it is true that in Home Alone, like the family is antagonistic to to Kevin's like what he wants and then he does come back around to it but it just but in in Home Alone it also makes sense that he is alone like not just because his family have left but also like that he wouldn't even have any friends around because it's Christmas totally and a bunch of people have gone out of town totally yeah yeah it's it's not like it I just the the family of it is and also the in in Home Alone, it's like we're ve- we're a very large family and we're very busy. And there's also a learning. So what also works in Home Alone is that with with Kevin's mom, there's like a there's a thing where she has a call called to Jesus or whatever, mm-hmm. where she's like, "Oh, I've been neglecting Kevin. I need to come back to him." And everyone's like, "We've been neglecting you. We need to come back to you." And that doesn't happen in this movie. At yeah. the end, I'm like, "Don't you want to punch those two kids?" Like. Literally the top thing on your list was like, have a hitman kill my brothers. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> and, and then the, at the end. His, his brothers do absolutely nothing to change. Well, yes. The only thing that he has is he gets Macintosh to hire his brothers to basically like clean his go-karts. And stuff. Right. Like, and But the last <laughs> interaction we have with, unless I'm mistaken, the last interaction we have with the brothers before we see them smiling benef- beneficently in their like, in that last scene with the um when they're all with the birthday, happy birthday cake when they're singing yeah. happy birthday before that the last thing we've seen them do is antagonize him about how he went on a date with Shay but actually she's a gold digger and all, she doesn't want him she just wants um Mr. McIntosh which that is very like stupid and problematic and like disgusting but regardless of those things, the fact that like the last thing we we don't have like a nice wrap up with the brothers. It literally no. the last time he saw them, they were being shitheads, and they've been nothing but shitheads to him the whole movie. So and there's no nothing has changed. And same with how the do you how do they've... you write a fucking movie and not realize that's a pro- like as someone who I 
Yeah. I try not to talk out of my ass about stuff, but like we've both written a lot of stuff and like that just seems like something that would just not happen. Like we're neither of just- us if if your whole if your whole arc is going to be that this kid actually loves his family and wants to be with them then we need to see something that would suggest that he actually that he misses his family but what we get is that he would really like a friend mhm yeah like that's what we get whereas like in Home Alone, for example, you do get the indication that he misses his family because after he's had a few days of just being all on his own, he's kind of like, you know, at, at least for his parents, if not his siblings, but at least for his parents, he's like, you know, I'm, I am a kid and I'm, I yep. don't, I'm not good at handling this and I do actually want them around. Like it is, you know, it is lonely to be at home alone. So it's totally. It, so there's like it's a mutual arc for him and his mother in that where yes, exactly. They both realize they've made a mistake. He he wishes he hadn't wished his pa- family would go away. She wishes she had, you know, not not been so mean to her son and been a little more aware of him feeling neglected and all of that. And mm-hmm. and they all come together and it's nice. But that did yep. not happen here. No one has an arc. All that we get is. He wanted money, he gets it, he realizes he doesn't have any friends, he doesn't make any friends, he just goes back to his family. That's it. Like... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, the, the missteps on it are, like, I just don't understand, especially from, like, Blake Snyder, who, like, does understand how movies yes. are put together, like, famously knows how it they're really, put together. It, it really calls into question everything in his book, it, uh, whether uh, any of it, I know a lot of people have talked about how, like, oh, Save the Cat is kind of bullshit, like, Mm-hmm. You know, it's not really that great of a screenwriting book. There's way better ways to think about it. And now I'm really thinking, yeah, they're probably right because this man does not know how to write a fucking movie. <laughs> yeah. I just, how can it be so profoundly say as do as I say and not as I do? Like, how yeah. can that, how can it have happened at this level? Like, yes. I'd rather see, I'd rather see a movie that was just like boring which this is, but this is so, con- to me, this is so confidently written, like, yeah. mis- a misstep that's so confident. I'd rather see, like, a much more normal, like, oh, this is just a bad drama, you know, like, oh, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, do you know what I'm saying? I don't, there's something yeah. about this. It's so cringe. It's so cringy. Um, it, just, it doesn't hit on any mark. There's, there's no marks. Yeah. Nothing makes sense. It's not funny. Like, for the most part no no, i i will say that they in my opinion and this is just my opinion um miguel ferrer and the three guys Mm -hmm. are um pretty fun um i enjoyed watching them even if i didn't like like there's nothing there but i just like I like Miguel you Ferrer a lot. You could have got a lot, a lot more I humor out of them. Could have, could have milked them a lot more. And, like, there is, like, there are moments where, like, the guy who plays Juice is, like, funny and has some, like, there's some funny bits that are um, where he's, like, again, again, this is literally, like, a three-second gag that's, like, yeah. a, a funny gag where he's, they're holding a picture uh, up the surveillance photo of um, Preston. I almost called him Kevin from Home Alone. Preston. Mm-hmm. And um, the juice is like, 
I'd recognize that kid anywhere. And then and then Biederman's like, the, the picture's upside down. And they and they put the picture <laughs> right side up. And then Miguel Ferrer gives Juice this look that's like, I'm going to fucking kill you. You're so annoying. And it's what? like, again, like when you give those actors like just a couple things to do, those those guys are so good that they elevate it yeah, and make it like. They're completely wasted. Yeah, yeah. And then also, I think maybe my more controversial opinion, but I truly believe this, is that the kid playing Preston is really talented. And he carries a lot of the movie and if he was maybe maybe it's the direction as well but like there are parts his his character is not a good character but i feel like that actor is bringing a lot to that role and is yeah, really committed to it i think he could it. have if he'd been given a better script he could have done a lot better and a lot more yeah i would agree with you yeah. he's not I, he's not I think acting poorly no it's the script i like i believe him like he's he's got a lot he's got as much as macaulay culkin does like as far as like how much he has to shoulder by himself scenes where he's really like acting and i i think that what he does again like i think they could have done even more with him the fact that his like emotional turnaround where he goes from like I guess the whole party is like not good for him, but he decides he wants to go home. It's kind it's it's such a bad move, in my opinion, that he decides he wants to go home as he's looking at this screen because he's out of money. And then his dad's talking to him. But again, his this is the first scene in the movie where we see his dad be tender towards him. And it's and so, all it is is his dad's just being like, it's his birthday, and like if you could yeah. like, go a little early, which is he yeah. doesn't actually say anything like about how much of a good kid Preston is and how much he loves him or anything like that. It is literally right. just it's his birthday, yeah. and if you could let him come home early, like we have something happening, but you know, no problem if not. Like, <laughs> but you know, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> and to me, to me, that is like he. I think that they could have let that kid do do much more because it's like he has to make this huge emotional turn happen for that character in a like 10 second window (laughs) between like looking at the screen where he's got $300 left and then his dad being, you know, he's facing away from his dad. And um, yeah, and it just, they haven't given that character, like they haven't given him anything. And they, what they, what they try to do for some reason is they try to give a lot of what, you know, the reason, I'm sorry, but the reason he doesn't, there's no room, I would say, for ha- him having a friend is because that space is taken up by fucking an adult woman who he's yes. courting. And they make yes. us sit through a date and, like, all of these things where he's, like, falling in love with Shay. And it's so, such a, such a huge it's, misstep and yeah. such a weird decision. It's gross. And- yeah. It is the and thing it of been... like who who is this movie for? Because if it's yeah. for kids, kids have no interest in the storyline. And if it's for adults, I don't want to watch a storyline of a twelve year old trying to date a thirty year old woman. Like that's so weird. Yeah, like... and I'm afraid. I'm afraid that because it is for like just prepubescent. Like if if you're saying the movie is for like prepubescent boys, like people who would have kids who would have identified with Preston. Um, then why isn't he at least trying to date like a 16 year old that would at least I know, make I know. a little more sense I know like... it's it's really it's really strange and I do think I do I mean basically everything said about women in this movie is is objectifying or yeah. belittling I mean like almost to almost to a T every single thing said or like 
every character that interacts with women, all the women in it are either moms. There's only three women in it. I feel like yeah. they're like nagging. They're nagging or sexy. Yeah. Like there's only two types of of women, and or there or you're like the gross, um, old, fat teller lady who's you know a bitch, and um, and I do think that boys would have been like a shays in there to be objectified, even by what's so disgusting is even by the target audience for this movie, which I do think would have been like. 12 year old kids yeah that's what's so scary about it is that it's trying to like pass this off as like a normal not just normal but like something that's like cool and if the protagonist is 12 years old then you are targeting 12 year olds and, mm-hmm. uh, and under honestly right because right. a 15 year old isn't gonna want to watch a movie about a 12 year old exactly like, yeah yeah so you're saying like hey 12 year old boys like this is this is like a normal thing yeah. For for you not just to like be like trying to go after a much older woman but also for you to be like thinking and talking about her like adults um which is like literally men looking at women's asses like yeah. men talking about their bodies like or or saying that they're that they're bad and they're just after money like which That's again, all. like the way more relatable storyline would have just been that this kid has trouble making friends and he thinks the money will help him get friends. Like totally. Yeah. A, yeah. A lot of kids can relate to that, but yeah. not many yeah. kids can relate to wanting to go on a date with an adult woman. Like, yeah. especially at 12, like at 12, you're kind of only just hitting puberty like you're still that's like the real cusp age of you still feel like a kid but you're also like the hormones are starting to happen so you're starting to become attracted to people but you're also still want to like play with toys and stuff so Mm -hmm. it's just a weird time and I don't know anyone who isn't like you know having some issues that would want to go and date a 30 year old it's it's i mean like if we're talking about like how this i'm just thinking like constantly about how truly like how it compares to home alone and i wonder if they were like well this is going to be the thing that makes it not home alone but it's also the thing that makes it not a fucking children's movie which is what it's a family movie like home alone is an edgy what it would have been edgy at that time because there's like violence and it's about like kevin's life is on the line it makes it it's like an edgy family movie it's not it's not um it's not you, homeward you bound. Could argue that the, <laughs> you could argue that in Home Alone, the actual protagonist is his mom. Like, because mm-hmm. she has the main arc of the movie, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. Kevin. Like, right. But yeah, right. it's. But that one, it's fun because he's. It's just the. Yes, this is the hijinks of what a kid would get up to if he was home alone. Right. And then. But he's not a fucking millionaire, so it's not like. I mean, no. I, it's. It's so his whole thing is like he has to use his resources to yes. be clever as opposed to literally Preston just buys everything and then he pl- and then we're forced to watch him play like with all of his toys it's like that's not why we No that's, that's not fun. <laughs> like that's not fun. It's fun to watch Kevin put the traps together. It's always it's- fun to watch booby traps and it's yes. you know it's but that's well, not... and there's a real there's a real threat there. Like there is something for him to do. Exactly. There's nothing exactly. for 
Preston to do here. Yeah. Like, Like, other than buy stuff, which is boring. Yeah. It's it's like that one, there was always that one kid that had more money than everyone else, and, like, you'd go over to their house, and then they'd be like, you're not allowed to touch any of my stuff, and it's like, what the (laughs) fuck is wrong with you? Like, I'm like... It is, it's... Oh, I'm just gonna be repeating myself, but, yeah, it's just, it's is really curious how you can, like, it's like, this is why you don't like come up with your own idea. <laughs> I know he was like at the behest of whoever distributed this and he was high, you know, this wasn't a spec script. Like he was but hired still, to write this movie, but even still. You could, it's, I mean, and this is why it made me feel like a decom as well. Cause much like most of the decoms, you and I could sit here for five minutes and come up with a better storyline that would have right. made a more interesting movie. And mm-hmm. like, and it would have been fixed so quickly, like with very minimal work. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I I can't I can't fully understand like how <laughs> how it's possible and and we uh we do that all the time. It's like, well, here's what they did and then here's like the better version of that. You know, that's usually how we kind of go about it. And this is like kind of almost fundamentally flawed, I would say. Yes. Um, from, like, from the get-go. From the get-go. There's nothing, there's no redeeming feature. Yeah. There um, there's, like, there was one line that I wrote down that I thought was funny. Okay, it, what is it? It was when, it was when Preston and Shay are on their date. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Which again, mm-hmm. Preston, like, this is separate, but Preston the whole time thinks that he was on the date with Shay when... Right. Shay was on a date with Mr. McIntosh, who never showed up. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. anyway, I'll get back to that. But they're on the, okay. the date, and um, Shay is trying to ask Preston questions about Mr. McIntosh, and she's like, "Is he an entrepreneur?" And Preston says, "No, he's American." <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah, that that was pretty good. I'll give him that one line. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, I'm liter- I'm looking through now. Uh, yeah, I didn't. There were a couple. There were a couple. Um, uh, yeah, moments kind of like what I was talking about. There's a there's a part where uh, a moment I will say, and I can't remember what fucking word it is. It's making me mad. But basically, Preston mispronounces this word that has to do with um the the doc the 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 documents about investing, and his right. dad corrects him. And then after they have the power shift, where Preston is like, "Well, let me give that." give it to me and I'll give it to Mr. McIntosh. The dad, prospectus, the word is prospectus. Prospectus, yes. And so uh, Preston says, give, you know, I've heard you, I know you have a prospectus. His dad says it's, a pro, it's called prospectus. And then he gives him the prospectus and his dad says prospectus. Like he's now pronouncing it like Preston does. And Preston's like, what? You know, and not even <laughs> in a stupid way. It's just kind of a fun little thing because his dad is such a moron. Yeah. And he's so easily impressed that he's like, well, if Kevin, Kevin, see, I just said it. If Preston's Preston. saying prospectus, then I'm going to say prospectus. And it's like, that's. Be- because Preston is working because, for a mystery millionaire yes, that I have. Because Preston, met. Preston's somebody who I should be modeling myself after. because i told my 12 year old that he needs to get a job like a 12 year old's even allowed to work like, that's the thing they really aren't <laughs> like, like we all, we have all a... i could think is 
some sort of cash in hand where where you like mow lawns like that is the only exactly. thing i could think of where you could make money as a 12 year old or maybe like a paper route but mm-hmm. paper routes aren't even done by kids anymore that's full adults who do that like, it would have been, at the time i think that would have been a really good like option for him and but they don't like they don't really get on him about like hey you could get a paper you could do these things Preston, no he's they, just they, like they you gotta get a job kid like yeah get a get a job like doing this when they kept saying hand and foot, I co- I was thinking of ha- I, hand, I, foot, I, and mouth disease. I like, yeah. am I not supposed to think of <laughs> Which hand, Which was foot kind of a thing disease? at the time, right? Or not that yeah. long after this. Like- I think so. I think so. I'm like, I, I think maybe that's the joke. They're, the jokes are coming really, really fast at the top of the movie. <laughs> and um, I do think that maybe you're supposed to be like, oh, these guys are morons because they've named uh, their their um, business potential after hand foot and mouth disease yeah um but uh, it's unclear and um we haven't even brought this up but definitely the last thing i want to talk about uh, that i have on my list to talk about is the computer this big desktop computer which is like becomes a huge lynch like set piece for the movie yes is like basically that preston knows how to use the computer and the kid the his older brothers who are you know 15 16 they don't oh, know how to right. use it yes and preston's whole thing is that he actually like he knows how to access which apparently is already installed i guess this i guess the computer i can't tell if the computer is brand new or if it's like if they've moved it from another part of the house dean do you remember if there's a, a clarity that well it looked like at the start the brothers brought that computer into his room to use right. for their business, but then he immediately turned it on and used some sort of program that like does speech when you write, like basically you type in something and it it speaks it for you. Right, right. Which that is a huge part of the movie because he like uses that thing several times to. He uses uh, that to buy the house. Use it to buy the, and it's a it's a text to talk. Um, yeah. thing but it would be that would be really comp like if i didn't i didn't know if they were trying to tell me i guess that they weren't but i didn't know if they were trying to tell me that preston had like made that it was pretty or... unclear since it didn't seem like this was his computer so right, is this just computer. a program that they have like but he like immediately I, I the reason why i thought of this because he immediately knows how to use it and he's like like using it no problem and he also yeah. and he's the he gets it to like repeat like some rude thing that the brothers are like trying to like yank out the speakers and like hitting the speakers because they're so tech illiterate that they don't know (laughs) like how to control that so preston uses like an old-timey word processor um to uh to yeah to print because the check print the check yes. which was so when he was playing with the fonts i thought he was looking for a font that would look like handwriting right isn't that what you thought so that oh, it would like is that what i he thought was the doing? whole i had no I, idea what he was doing <laughs> i thought the whole thing that he was trying to do was make it look like someone had filled out that check by hand because he but then he didn't he just put it in like a aerial like, why didn't he font. just write it in and i think it's because his handwriting looks too bad because i mean it's a child. Probably, yeah but I, yeah, I thought there was going to be a thing. Like, he's, they make such a big thing of him messing with the fonts. And then he ends up just going with the Times New Roman or whatever that is. I think it was just like Arial. Arial. It was like the yeah, most like basic an, a, font. <laughs> it's like a sans serif font. Yeah. And uh, he just uses it. But I, anyway, so the computer is like, and it's just really interesting. He also, at one point, he puts in a floppy 
practice to do something. And I just remember like, and then also, of course, the whole thing where he's like, needs to think of a name and he does the Kaiser Soze thing with Macintosh yeah. <laughs> because it says Macintosh and you're, and it was like, wow, a Macintosh computer. Gosh, he's, they really yeah. are living, living the high life with this Macintosh. And the computer doesn't end up being, I guess it doesn't really factor in, but I was really expecting, it's really interesting to see how much tech and like computers and like literacy around computers affects movies that were coming out in the 90s, as opposed to like a um, a Home Alone where there's not a computer, like, uh, I think one, a character might use a computer, but it's not like, we're not Yeah, gonna- it's not a feature. It's not a, yeah, exactly. It, I mean, and- it kind of reminded me a little bit of... Um- did you, did you ever see the Macaulay Culkin Richie Rich movie? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that one, I, I think that came out the same year as this. I don't know which one came out first, but that one has like some similar vibes of, you know, he has all of this fa- fancy computer technology and he's actually really good with computers and all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And like, it just sort of gave me vibes of that. But then, yeah, you're right. It's like they don't really address that he appears to be very good with computers. Right. And like that doesn't seem to factor into anything. Yeah. Um, um it's really interesting. I'm looking at the Richie Rich and it came out in ninety four, so the same year as this, which is really interesting. But there are kids. Um and I yes. think there are kids in this movie. And it's like, yeah. Yes, well the Richie Rich storyline <laughs> is but he's slightly older. He's meant to be like fifteen, sixteen. So he's like a teenager. Oh, but the okay. storyline is that he he doesn't have any friends. He's really rich and there's like kids that he goes to school with who are also like insanely rich, but he doesn't like hanging out with them because all they ever talk about is their money and their portfolios and all that Got bullshit. It. Okay, so yeah. They invite he sees some kids playing baseball like on a sand lot and they invite them over to like hang out and play and stuff and it's like I think it has a pretty bad rating, but I actually watched it recently and I thought it held up pretty decently. It's it is that it's like he he just wants some regular friends who don't mm-hmm. talk about money. And he thinks like, oh, well, I'll, I'll get them on board, you know, with all of my stuff. But then it turns out that they don't care about any of that. And they just care yeah. about him as a person, you know, nice story. Yeah. That's the reality of like, that's kind of what this should have been in a way of, you know, like what I was saying, that he starts off as a poor kid who can't make any friends because he thinks he can't be with the rich kids because they have any money. But then it should actually be that it's not the money that he gets that gets friends in. It's how he treats people or whatever. You know, something like I that. Totally. Beyond. Beyond something, doubt. But it, there just needs to be a million more kids in this movie. Like, so <laughs> many needs, more kids. needs to be, like, like wall-to-wall kids. Yeah. Like, I definitely um, would have watched this as a 12-year-old or whatever and been like, where are the kids? Like, because mm-hmm. I remember when I would watch movies that I thought were for kids at that age, I would get annoyed if if there weren't kids or the kids weren't, like, getting to do anything, you know? Like, I don't want to mm-hmm. watch the adults. Like, Yeah. Yeah. I don't... I just... Yeah, like pretty confusing um a series a series of unfortunate yeah. events yeah. in this movie and yeah, I I can't I I can't I have not you haven't seen a single thing. I I just have woof the ending written in my notes oh cuz it like comes uh. on so quickly where it's like <laughs> 
walks up to his room and his family's there and they oh you know what i was really responding to actually is how stupid um the ending is but also how he's like i have everything i want except shay <laughs> like um that's what i'll wish yep. for like but she still kisses the... him on yeah. the lips on the mouth <laughs> yeah when so, that happened, I screamed. I was like, <laughs> "Ow, gross, gross!" I actually uh, that that um that I knew that that was coming because of uh some things I'd see I've seen on Twitter in the past couple of years okay. where, people, where people will rewatch like Jack and they'll be like, "Did you guys remember that there's a kiss between a twelve year old and a thirty year?" So I knew that was coming, but yeah, yeah I mean, it was so oh, it was baffling. It was rough. It was like... rough to. And just and the way that like his dad comes in and and he's like he's shot he's he's like stunned from the kiss and his dad thinks he's in shock from the like trauma of the of being like pursued by by the bad guys no and so his dad's like he's in shock oh my god he's in shock and I'm like this is so corny and like Like, it makes me feel it was and it was all it was already gross because she'd done that thing that I feel like they've done in a lot of movies that's always disgusting disgusting where it's like <laughs> oh come and see me again in like 20 years and it's like no yes. don't yes. like you know Thank him you. as a child Ew. <laughs> like yeah yeah exactly they always i feel i don't know i i felt and she's we haven't even talked about this because it's so fucking stupid it doesn't matter but she is an fbi agent and they yes. are they are doing a sting on the money laundering, Who and was, that is why she was working at the bank mm-hmm. undercover, right? Undercover, She's, yeah. She was brand new at the bank, yeah. Uh, which is how she initially met Preston because he wanted to open an account, and she said they have you have to have a two hundred dollar minimum to open the account. He only has eleven dollar check, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um, and then. Uh, when he comes back to the bank, he keeps seeing her and being like, hey, and then that's when they start, like, well, because she thinks that he, Mr. McIntosh has something to do with this money laundering, so that's why she wants to go on that date. And then mm. that's when later he's like, does that mean our date was just for your job? It's like, you didn't go on a date with this woman, <laughs> you stupid child. She thought she was going on a date with your fake boss, and then yeah. you showed up, and she was being nice. Like, yeah. But the whole yeah. thing where they're like in, they're in like a water fountain or like having fun in the water. Yeah. Which felt like a date and it was just baffling. I know. Like, yeah. Yeah. It, uh, <laughs> I wish I, I wish I had something to say. It is, yeah. Like they're like having fun and it's, it's like he's, and I don't, I don't think that they, um, it too, to, I can't believe I'm going to give them a meager, like the, the thing that would have, push this over the edge is if they would have been like and she's actually coming on to him and it's kind of weird i didn't get that i i believe that she i didn't get that but child. it was pretty close to it like yeah yeah but she, um she certainly wasn't shutting down any vibes that it was a date that's a that's a yes that's like, a fair point i mean it's it's ridiculous i mean the whole thing that i'm that i'm ex- watch that you watch when you watch that movie does she even has a she has a line that's to her bosses in the FBI or the she's working with where she says if Preston says Mr. McIntosh is going to be there he's going to be there I'm like like listen to yourself she trusts this kid with her life what are you talking about 
And it's like, why aren't you an FBI agent questioning that this multimillionaire seems to have a 12-year-old for an assistant? Like, yeah, like, maybe I should... would be like, what the fuck is happening here? Maybe like... we should, like, go into why he would want to have a child, like, so close I would, to I would probably go and talk to his parents. Like... Yeah, I'd go, I'd just, yeah, I'd have a little chat. I'd just see what was up, you know? i just, yeah, just dead curious. To, to, but to no. see what the, so I don't, I don't have anything else on my, I think we've covered. I think we've covered cover. everything. Yeah. It's yeah. just, this was, I was not expecting the movie to be as creepy as it was. Yeah. Me like, either. Me either. Uh, <laughs> it was a surprise in a lot of ways. I knew so it was many ways, be so many ways. bad, but it was still, it was still somehow surprising. <sighs> um yeah would yeah, yeah go wow. for it Dean, with our uh <laughs> yeah i guess uh, the only question is do we want this d and i think it's pretty clear that it's a hard pass for both That's of a us. hard pass i could see using I... it as a drinking a drinking game like if you <laughs> wanted to like every time it, they objectify a woman or every time every time something is gross or every time somebody talks about like having a business <laughs> mm-hmm. Or yeah. talks about money. <laughs> or um, anytime uh, a, a, an adult should be, like, intervene. <laughs> anytime yes. you see something where an adult should be called in to, like... And they are not. See if everything's drink. okay. And obviously they're not, yeah. Honestly, um, you'd need to go to hospital, like, 30 minutes in. Like, so yeah. many red flags at every corner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm afraid. <laughs> red flags at every corner. <sighs> I'm afraid yeah. so. I think the only other thing I can think to mention, and it's not like a, I want this as much as, but it mm-hmm. was also baffling to me that he keeps going to get ice cream, and every time he gets ice cream, they seem to give it to him in some sort of like trash bin, like yep. <laughs> literally, like literally a plastic buck, like a what looks yes. to be like the an industrial size plastic bucket yeah, that like like, like not not but like one of the ones you would get in like a building not quite as like big. a hardware store <laughs> yes like yeah. something like that like the ones where it's like it has it's round and it has handles on the side and then mm-hmm. but they're giving him one that's i don't know what like a foot or two feet tall or something mm-hmm. and it's like where is he getting these buckets of ice yeah. cream? Like he's I like, yeah, it's... stop at the ice cream place, and they give him <laughs> the world's largest sundae. Like maybe the joke, maybe the joke is that he asked for like your like I want I want five hundred dollars worth of ice cream, and and at the at the business they're like, man, we don't have anything big enough. Uh, we'll just give him like a big container that the ice cream comes. Like maybe that's the joke that we're not. That I I would buy that if it wasn't that later in the film, um, what's his name? Henry, the limo driver, goes mm-hmm. to get him ice cream again and returns with another bucket like that. And I'm like, yeah. Are you telling me that this store is giving you also like hygiene, if that was actually their trash can, totally. why are you putting ice cream in it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I I, w- I think it would be funny if like the second time it came in like a cardboard box or something like this other place didn't have a, a bucket like well, that but it had like they, they specified that he had gone to haagen but then we don't see any haagen labeling other than no, that like i would have expected it would be like 
like one of the tubs. You know when you go to an ice cream store and like in their freezer they have those big tubs that's like mm-hmm. a it's it's like the kind of sort of carton almost that you get from the supermarket but enormous. Like that would be funny if he had like three giant like Häagen-Dazs tubs of mm-hmm. like multiple flavors. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's <sighs> And there's so it's really interesting. There's so many um, uh, product placement things in this movie. Like you see a lot of like there's a lot of product placement, but it's like just the brand, like none yeah. of the products, which right. is weird. I know, I know. It's like, just the name. Like you're just in sharper. Yeah, like the, there's a Coca Cola truck, but we don't see him drinking Coke ever. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, I know. It's very interesting. This definitely it would have been at a time when like this was before we were like. Oh, we should stop advertising Coke to children and that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, exactly. Like, why didn't you have him drinking? I'm like, were these actually product placements or were they just like, oh, kids will know these brands. Mm-hmm. So that we'll be like, this is what he's getting. But yeah, yeah. Like, like even with the toys, they didn't use any real like brand toys. I know. Like, it's really weird. It's the more I think about it, the weirder it gets. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But anyway, we yeah. made it through that one. God, we did. We did. Yeah, I literally don't even have a like pin. Like we like you were no, talking about with I've the got, thing I've like I've got nothing. Everything I've got, is gross. <laughs> it was weird. It was it was weird. I'm glad I I did want to watch it and I'm glad that we I'm glad that we watched it so we never have to watch it again. We never have to Never. I I'm going to scrub this. this from my memory. You asked yeah. me in a week what this movie is about. I'll probably have forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> Like my brain only has so much data storage, and this it is does, not... and it it will not deem this worthy of retaining. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and nor should it, nor should it. Ugh. All yeah. right. Yeah, I think I think we should leave it there. Um, right. Please rate and review us wherever you are listening to this podcast. We are on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and you can email us at talkingaboutthed at gmail dot com with any questions, comments, or requests. Yeah. yeah. Also, uh, Lizzie, do you want to plug your new podcast? Oh, I guess so. Um, I have a folklore podcast called Tell Me What You Heard. And um, season one will be um, complete by the time this comes out. And there were four episodes in season one. And it is on Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts. And it's at Tell Me What Pod on social media so um yes i would uh i would love to gain a bit of a uh of a listenership for that because it um is just nice to have a little community of people who are interested in that kind of thing so thanks yes there you go awesome all right yeah i think we will leave it there so very painful thank you guys (laughs) for sticking with us if you made it this far (laughs) All right, goodbye. Bye.